Hi, everyone. My name is Rob Bowen. I started with Hawksoft about two years ago. The reason I went with Hawksoft was the salesperson spent way too much time with me, spent about six hours walking through what Hawksoft could do for my agency, how it could help my agency, and uh, how I could become a larger agency. Then I had the pleasure of meeting Paul and Sean Hawkins at the first national convention of Hawksoft that I went to, um, and I felt like I was treated like every other customer, even though my agency is not that large. Once I got to know the culture of Hawksoft, I knew I had made a good decision. My name is Rob Bowen, Patriotic Insurance Group. I joined Hawksoft for the culture. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse, and we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software-first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome... He is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, that does exclude Pritchard. Rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you? Best I've ever been. I'm in Mobile, Alabama, ladies and gentlemen. Home of the free, land of the brave. Bradley Quite possibly the greatest night of my life occurred three weeks ago. Would you like to hear about it? I'm not so sure. So I woke up on a bright Saturday morning during college football season. And Bradley and I have been doing a lot of traveling lately. Now that's been to separate places, but we've been doing a lot of traveling lately. Our paths have not crossed very often, so I haven't had a chance to really deep dive into this story. But I come home off the road. And I was sitting there on my back porch smoking a cigarette that morning. And I was thinking to myself, you know, all these TikTok places that talk about relationships and whatnot, about how to treat your wife and your spouse, they talk about the importance of date night. You got to have a date night. And I thought, you know, I've been traveling a lot. hadn't seen my wife very much. hadn't been home very much. Tonight's the night. We don't have anything on the calendar. So... 
brand. You better th- you better get ready for this. I think I think what we need to do tonight is have a date night. Remember the politically correct. And so the day before, I had been on the phone with a buddy of mine, and he goes, he's from Huntsville, and he goes, Hey, you're not gonna believe this. And I said, Oh, I'll believe anything. There ain't nothing I won't believe. You tell it to me, I'll believe it. He goes, Well, you're not gonna believe this. Because tomorrow night in Huntsville, Alabama, they're having midget wrestling. And I remembered that morning. Could it not be little person wrestling? Little person wrestling in Huntsville, Alabama. I thought to myself, what better way to say I love you to my <laughs> wife than to take her to little person wrestling in Huntsville, Alabama? Y'all, greatest night of my life. Now, let me tell you where they screwed me. Let me tell you where they screwed me. So you go to the place, like uh, this place they had it at was called Rocket Republic, which is kind of a bar slash venue type place. Now, for general admission tickets to wrestling, little person wrestling, was $25. But ringside was $40. And I thought, well, my my queen's not just going to get general admission. She's going to get ringside seats to this. I buy the $40 ringside seats to little person wrestling. And I'm thinking, man, I'm high cotton here. Like, you know, this, there's this, this is panty dropper. There's no way I don't get lucky tonight after taking her ringside seats to little person wrestling. We get there and they, they put my, they put our armbands on and I'm kind of looking in there at the little tiny little person ring they've got and the people, there's so, people all in there. I got videos of this night. It looked like y'all were at somebody's house. 100%. So, so where they got me was ringside meant you got a seat. So they had like four rows of seats set up around the ring and, you know, it was kind of first come, first serve. So by the time we got there, which was like, 15 minutes before the the action started, there was not but like two or three seats on kind of the third and fourth rows left. And I'm like, man, I wanted to be up there on the front front. Like to me, ringside is like ringside. But dude, if you get a chance, you got to go. It's the best thing you've ever seen in your entire life. That was, that was what was going on. We referenced in a podcast earlier with Carruthers about how he was. So at this very moment, Carruthers is dining at the Chicago club. Correct. Like prestigious, like, yeah. you know, and he's sending us pictures from the Chicago club at the exact moment. Scott is sending videos of this, uh, well, this event that they attended. And I'm like, this is how I know I have a very diverse friend group. So if we're going to get accurate about what was on the billing that night, it was actually, midget versus dwarf wrestling is that what they actually called it 100 percent. i guess it's okay for you to say that i mean that's what it was called on the billing i don't know what else you want me to say but that's what it was billed as and it was one of the greatest live events i've ever participated in in my entire life at one point they came out in the crowd and my wife tackled one i saw that video matthew congratulations on being the guest of the episode we finally get canceled Hey guys, let me bring our let me bring our guest on today. We got an all star guest for you guys, and I want to bring him on and give him the introduction he's always deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, he was born and raised in Monroe, Washington, and he currently resides in Marysville, Washington. He is married to the beautiful Carissa, and he is a graduate of Northwest University's music production. He is a fourth generation insurance agent, and we talked about this before the podcast. 
a professional musician and audio engineer. Oh, we got to talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, he is currently the operations manager at Cal Rose Insurance since 2021. It is my profound honor to introduce to you Mr. Matthew Layson. How are you, Matthew? Good. How are you, Scott? I'm doing the best. Matthew, there's something I got to get off. I got to get this off my heart before we even get started. I have never, not never, not never been held up with a ski mask and a gun the way that Bradley Flowers and I have been held up with a ski mask and a gun by you damn audio-visual engineer people. Bradley, talk to him about it. (laughs) How bad is it? The One City World Tour with like a quote, oh, audio visual, yes. and it was oh. like, how much you got? Well, so what's funny is, is in 2022, this is 2023, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in 2022, we got a, we did it at the Denver Broncos stadium and we got a quote from their people and it was like $1,900. And we were like, these people are out of their mind. Me and Andy Matheson, like, no way. It was literally cheaper. I flew my my AV guy over there, and he did it himself. Of course, that was a smaller event. And then the next year, this last year, we got a quote for like twenty one grand. And then the best we could do was nineteen. And I called Andy, and I was like, "In retrospect, that nineteen hundred was a steal. Yeah, it was a steal, especially since your audio guy from Denver lost all the damn audio." Yeah, that was yeah. It's been long enough now. I can talk about that, but yeah, I, I think somebody dropped the hard drive, and literally oh. all of the footage was lost. Um, and then the second year, second year of one city world tour, I think the guy that I brought just didn't want to work. And I got like three second bits of footage and then the camera would move. So it just both years, one city world tour, we basically have zero content out of it, which is phenomenal. Unbelievable. That sucks. It does. Hey, Matthew, I want to talk to you about this TikTok thing, man. Cause you've been, yeah. uh, you've been knocking the bottom out of it. How did you get started kind of doing the TikToks and how, how did all that get going? Yeah. So, uh, kind of the thing, um, first off, let me say, uh, thanks guys for having me on. Uh, I love what you do. And, uh, and, uh, also I'm, I, I feel very honored because I'm like, I, I've only been doing this for a little, for a little while. And so I, I just love the fact that I get to pick your guys' brains and all your experience for an hour. But, um, but yeah, so how I, I got started doing the whole video thing really came from my previous career was an audiovisual live event production, did a lot of stuff there. And so when I decided to change careers and go into insurance and, and kind of follow the family legacy a bit, uh, I did not have any friends and network, nothing of, you know, small business professionals in the area, you know, people in related industries or even in just related work styles, just because of the very creative career that I was in. And um, so joined up a bunch of networking groups, you know, like BNI and, and whatnot, met some people. And uh, it was one marketer that I met. I was like, okay, what are the things that I should be doing to to get, you know, myself and the agency known more? Because the whole reason I, I changed careers was to become, you know, become an owner of the agency. That was the goal. And one of the things he said was, you know, do video right now. Um, there's still a lot of people that are, that are scared of it. And, um, and you can make yourself look uh, and appear as a thought leader just out of the gate because you have the nerve to put your face, you know, on a screen. What year was this? Uh, this was, uh, 2019, I want to say. Okay. And, um, yeah, early 2019 and, or, and 
So yeah, I just started it. And the, the interesting thing was, so like, like Scott mentioned, I've been a performing musician since I was 19. I am not uncomfortable on a stage with lights, a camera in front of my face. I have put cameras and lights on people. Like it, it, the whole thing is very, very familiar to me. And I've been a front man of a band. So, so the, but the thing that was so interesting to me was I, first I was just started on Instagram because, you know, it's a platform I had. And I also knew that I, I needed to do something proactively on social media, being a producer, all of my friends, all my networks, everybody knew me as, you know, musician guy, guitar guy, that, that was Matt. And so now I had to kind of do, I was just very cognizant of the fact that it's like, all right, if I'm going to get opportunities from my friends and family and the people that know me, I need to now in essence, rebrand myself as insurance guy, Matt. And so I started doing all this video content. And the thing I learned really quickly after like one or two videos was, holy crap, I suck. I am atrocious on camera. And like, I, I've, I like to fancy myself as a good communicator. And I was like, and that is not coming across at all. Do you think that was your, you being hard on yourself or do you think you really were bad? Oh man, you can go back and on, on Instagram and go go see the badness yourself. Like the the pacing is slow. I don't keep your interest. Sure, I'm accurate with my language, but I'm not interesting. It's I'm like not every engaging. other insurance person on. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Which uh, as, as we a lot of us know, we it kind of sucks when when we're trying to just describe coverage language and how it works in a and not put people to sleep. That's difficult. Yeah. And um, so that was the thing that really kind of changed my mindset from it being, a, okay, I'm going to try this little marketing thing, see if I'm going to make money on it right now into, no, this is something that I'm getting a value out of it, out of the sheer practice of it. My explanations to co about coverage to my clients is getting better. You know, when people ask me questions at a drop of a hat, I'm a lot more rehearsed. I'm a lot more polished. So uh, that's kind of what gave me enough fuel to keep doing it consistently. So your communication style right now, like you're, you do such a good job of the opposite of what all you just said on TikTok. Like you do such a good job of holding interest. I don't know if that's intentional or something oh, developed nationally. Yeah. You do a really good job of holding attention and making things interesting. And, and it's the most boring subject on the face of this planet. So my question is, because a lot of people are trying to do TikTok now, you know, I, I made a video two or three years ago that said, hey, I don't think you can sell insurance on TikTok yet, but I think you can now. I think now we're that that's shifting a little bit as more people get on my mother-in-law. I have a I actually have a selfie of me and my mother-in-law the moment she got her TikTok account, which was 24 months ago, by the way. So it's, she's had it two years. So do you do you put a lot of thought into your videos because the the vibe I get is like, hey, this guy's just responding to stuff and making videos. But because of the your ability to hold interest and how intentional you are, it makes me think there's more thought to the answers behind the scenes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. No, uh, as far as where the content comes from, I kind of take a DJ's approach on that, which is, uh, you know, some of the some requests. radio guys that yeah. I, I know. Um, well, I, I think of it a little, little differently as requests. Some of the times, yes. But other times, it's actually um, uh, one radio uh, guy that I know. He says, like, everything is show prep. 
everything mm. in my life is show prep. And that's kind of, so everything that I'm just doing in my work is show prep for TikTok. That's why there's some situations that come across that are like, oh no, this is like raw. This actually feels a little bit emotional because in that moment, I'm a little bit emotional about it when, you know, something bad happens to my client or, you know, things like that. So that way, because one of the things that I've learned from TikTok being a millennial that I've kind of grown up with all this social media junk is that um, TikTok has this interesting flavor where they want more authenticity and especially this younger generation, which was a very different from what I was raised with, but just, you know, treat anything you post on, uh, on the internet, like it's going to be part of your next job interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of why I like doing it that way. But as far as the intentionality of keeping it interesting, there's a lot of stuff that I will eat. You know, I, I don't talk about or I nix because I'll be like this. I don't have a way to make this connect with the common person. I don't have a way to, to make this interesting or, or to keep this in, you know, under three minutes, because once you start going more than that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to keep people's interest. So those are a a lot of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about and kind of filtering as I'm deciding on content throughout the week. Hey, let's, let's play one. Here we go. Ready? Here it goes. I do get this question semi-routinely, and I understand why people are confused, but there is actually a very well-thought-out line of logic and reasoning why they exist. Deductibles actually play two very important roles, is that one, they really help with avoiding fraud, and secondly, they actually give the consumer a level of control. Don't worry, I'll unpack it. So we'll talk about the fraud side first. If there are no deductibles, then... A person that is committing fraud doesn't have to pay anything up front to test the system and see if they can get away with it. It really would not take long for our entire society to view insurance as basically like a slot machine. You know, I love it. So I love it. What what helped you get better? Was it just repetition? Is it the reps doing it? A lot of it was the reps, and, and and also is just like I, uh, I I would do do little gut checks. Like for instance, my wife has never uh, you know never done anything insurance, and so she's that's one of the reasons why we have her working on our social media for the agency is because she is no, no knows nothing about insurance, so it's right. perfect. <laughs> so she will be thinking more just about things. Oh, this is kind of insurancey yet interesting, engaging, and so I do the same thing with sending her some of my content and be like, hey, babe, like. Does, does this actually, I think this is interesting. I think this is engaging. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. And so, so some of it's inviting feedback and, and also just, you know, um, it, you know, it's, a, it's a using some of your haters. There's some comments out there that sometimes people, if you're paying attention to the patterns and what things get repeated, you can kind of tell, okay, what, what things are people resonating with more or, and then what are things that are just getting a sheer you know, reaction like insurance is a scam. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I tell people all the time. You, I kind of got my start in the insurance world as far as like the industry goes with podcasts and stuff, encouraging people to create content. And I used to tell agents all that. I mean, some of the first speeches I gave were on how to create content as an insurance agent. And the best time to start is when nobody's watching mm. because nobody's watching. You're going to be bad when you start. Everybody's going to be bad when they start, and that's perfect. Nobody's going to see it. And guess what? As you get better and as you build your audience, those people go back and look at your old content, and it it's almost, it's almost has a better impact because it's bad. 
Yeah, it's almost like they get to, now that they've invested in you as a person, as a brand, as something that they connect with, now they can like, they can go see the the origin story. Mm-hmm. But now, because it means something to them, that the origin story they actually like, instead of seeing, you know, some, you know, grainy, you know, you know, really disinteresting monotone video of mine from, you know, several yeah. years back. Well, one thing one thing that I think is interesting about your content is is and you're talking mostly to the general public. It's mostly Gen Zers that are watching, probably, mm-hmm. and but you're explaining how this stuff affects them. It's almost the reverse. A lot of insurance agents make content that's very self serving. Yep, exactly. but yours, I can tell, it's like from the perspective of this listener of hey. Some companies use percentage deductibles. Here's how that affects you. Right. Well, yeah, because one of the things that uh, that was so shocking, especially moving from you know Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, when I decided to move into TikTok, one I got a lot more engagement. But the other thing that I noticed there was just yeah, just uh, a a lot of people having no clue about how the stuff really worked, and and also there was no interest in, in that regard. It was more interest in talking about other you know other things. So so how do you how do you keep it interesting and, and how do you keep uh, someone engaged? Is it, it, yeah, it is something that you have to constantly be tweaking and constantly be readjusting. Hey, hey Matt, can I offer a piece of advice, please? I know you've Absolutely. been doing this a while, and I said the same thing to Bradley years ago. Don't look at the comments, or if you do. <laughs> There's always going to be that one asshole. I posted something yesterday that some asshole had something smart to say about. Like it was about uh, how to like quickly fix like a chipped windshield, you know, and he's like, just let your, you know, don't, don't listen to what this guy says. Just let your insurance carrier pay for that. I'm like, whatever, dude. You said that on your video? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm telling you, there's always going to be that asshole that Mm -hmm. says something just roll off your back and keep on trucking man don't even don't even pay it don't even pay it attention you know if you have to just delete it off your tiktok page or whatever but there's always going to be somebody saying something yeah and i've I've had to do that a little bit now that's been one thing that was kind of weird especially after i I had a viral video go um you know 1.6 million views and and then you know got a lot more traction and then i had to actually be intentional of how when am I reading and responding to contents to help encourage, you know, the audience to grow and helping encourage interaction. And and also, you know, when am, when am I going to, how am I going to prioritize content creation? Because it's very easy to make social media be everything Mm -hmm. um, because it's just like anything else. The the more, the more you invest in it, the more it wants your time and uh, just. How do you, how do you prioritize? I I was about to ask the same thing. Like these people that are like, real TikTok influencers that I see that are like constantly are, it, it, they make it seem like that is all they do. Like they just post five, 10, 20 TikToks a day. Yeah, it, it is. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I have like minimums for myself, like as far as content creation goes. So, so that way I don't, I, I never get too low. So I'm always making sure that there's at least two videos a week. And if there's not like that, that's, that's pretty, pretty nutty uh that's a nutty week for me yeah um but then as far as the responding and the interaction um i try to keep it to business hours um at least anywhere close like i you know um so that way i'm not because the thing that'll get me is like the night like at night you know responding to comments right before going to bed that that that'll truly make me psychotic and make me want to you know burn down civilization (laughs) hey hey what is the best what is the best uh length 
of TikTok video that you have found to be kind of the the sweet spot? And what is the best time to to post a TikTok? Time, it I, I have not found that to be much very determinate lately. Um, maybe really? there was a, a, a like a sweet spot of timing. Um, now, obviously, like for instance, you want to make sure that you're not like. I, I never, I almost never post content at night because of just like how time zones move around the United States. Like there's fewer people conscious, like don't, don't post then. Um, but like, as far as like something as, as narrow as like an hour or so, no, I'm not worrying about that. Um, uh, what was your other question? The oh, oh, length oh, of video. Link, um, length of videos. Yeah. That changes. Um, that was one thing that was really interesting is that before TikTok was more happy with me keeping everything under 60 seconds. Sure. And but it's just kind of like anything. If you if you follow it, you track it, you see what it does over time, you'll notice trends. And I just started noticing like my my videos and engagement and views, all of it started going down. So I was like, all right, well, just pay attention, consume a little bit of content, and, and instead of passively, you know, doom scrolling as one can do on TikTok, watch what's popping up. What is TikTok suggesting to me? oh, it looks like a lot of these longer format videos are showing up. So then I started switching to do things that were, you know, more over 60 seconds to around mm. two to three minutes. And then engagement started picking back up. And right now I'd say that's kind of where things seem to live well on TikTok is that they don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, well, especially if you're doing, because if you're going to do under 60 seconds, by my view, then you need to be kind of almost like playing traditional viral rules mm -hmm. where you're just click trying bait. to get like a yeah yeah clickbait and you know trying to um you know either trying to cause a stir and a rage or you're trying to you know the cute cat video like it's something that's geared to be viral and just lots and lots and lots of people liking it then keep it nice and short but for the things that i'm doing where it's um it's it requires a little bit more give and take it can't be you know Mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase, you know, kittens, you know, and rainbows, right. Right. then then I need that extra time. And I need, then that's where the algorithm's helping me lately. What do you, have you been able to attribute any new business to your, your, your TikTok content? Yeah, no, there, there's definitely has been a few things that have come through. Um, the one I, what I want to tell everyone when it, whenever they ask me, like, or other insurance agents ask me questions about like, Hey, how's this working for you? What I say is like, first and foremost, the, the best thing that this has done for me is it's improved my communication habits and ability to sell a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that my second benefit is it really improves brand awareness for the agency. Like for instance, you know, Cal Rose insurance, that's, that was something that was so small and so tiny in Everett, Washington. That's one of the reasons I did video was because I was like, I'm desperate just to get this name out just a little bit. Mm -hmm. because brand recognition is something so hard with insurance agencies. So that does that job really well. And then third is generating business. And basically it's worked in that order of priority is that I'll get, um, I've got a couple of commercial accounts from it. I've gotten a couple of little uh, person lines ones, but the, the thing that I did not predict at all was just based off of me doing content creation. I've uh, gotten a couple of referrals from people in my local business community. Right. And this one was the nutty. This one in particular was nutty. Is this um, lady who really well networked, um, professional in the area. I've uh, known her and know other people. Um, we know we run in similar circles. And but she's never worked with me ever. She referred one of her clients to me. And the email, like the introduction that I got was the most illustrious, like you would swear that I was the <laughs> god of insurance. And once again, this is from someone who's never worked with me, 
purely based off of my content habits. Increased your status in her mind. You gained altitude with her. Exactly. And and that was one of the things that I did not expect that in to, to occur in the local business area that I'm in. Hey guys, it's Bradley. Look, are you tired of spending endless hours searching for potential business prospects? Look no further. With Leo, you can gain access to a whopping 40 million businesses. That's 40 million prospects in just seconds. Say goodbye to painstaking searches and hello to efficiency. You guys know I'm all about efficiency. Leo just isn't about speed, though. It's about accuracy, too. With Leo's cutting-edge tools, you can validate new producers faster than ever before. No more wasted time on unreliable data. Leo's got you covered. But that's not all. Leo empowers you to carve your own niche market using unparalleled data insights. Want to target specific dates for workers' comp? Done. Need to identify brokers or carriers to focus on? Leo has your back. And here's the icing on the cake, guys. Leo lets you search prospects based on size, revenue, dates, violations, and more. The possibilities are literally endless. Step into a world of business possibilities with Leo. Revolutionize the way you connect, target, prospect, and succeed. Don't miss out. Join the Leo community today. Go to meetleo.com, and when you go to book a demo or reach out to them, put in the how did you hear about us field that you heard about them on the Insurance Guys podcast or IGP for short. You'll get 20% off. Talk to the folks at Leo. Highly recommend them. Thanks, guys. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator, and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.org. That's acfree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning 
the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. Matt, here's your chance. You've got Bradley and I, our undivided attention for the next five minutes. Ask any questions that you want to ask. Doesn't matter what it is. Midget versus dwarf wrestling, Bradley technology, me claims, whatever you want to ask, go. Well, I'll start. I have one more question. Are you still creating everything yourself? Yeah. I, uh, I, I've basically tried to find the fastest way that I can do it myself. Um, I need to get faster. Um, and there's some little outsourcing things I need to, that I'm kind of thinking of doing, you know, um, for content multiplication, like, um, doing blogging based off of the video content Chat GPT. Yep. And, uh, so, so those are some of the things I'm thinking about as far as for next, but no, right now it's just, just me. And I just plop the camera right in front of my face and go, um, and try not to and try to keep, keep it quick. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I think content multiplication and being able to reuse content, repurpose, repackage is really the key. Yeah. Yeah. That's really where you can you can step it up a notch. Wait, especially did you say content multiplication. Like like taking a piece of content and turning it into other pieces of content. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So taking a video so and you, turning it into a, a blog, turning it into a Twitter thread, etc. That's what I've been doing with munch.ii. Yeah is is taking our podcast they gotta, they gotta find a different name i know they really do <laughs> it's not good the uh like my so my my editor that i work with directly i've told him to start when he sends me edited videos so he's putting captions on all yeah. of my instagram videos when he sends me when he sends me those i i, I get him to download the captions mm. in uh uh on google doc Mm. So then I can take the caption and I can upload it into chat GPT and say, Hey, here's a transcript, write a, write a, uh, write a Twitter thread on this, write a blog post, wow. and then write a, uh, like an Instagram caption, like the, the copy. Mm-hmm. So literally it's just, we can pump it out a Dang. lot faster. And then it was one more thing that we did. What are you saying? Like write the best copy for Instagram for an Instagram thread or something like that. Mm-hmm. Write Instagram an Instagram post. thread based on this transcript, write a, Facebook, right, right. Facebook sales copy yeah. for a video, and here's the transcript, and it'll, and then I go in and make it in my own voice. Obviously, um, the one thing I found with ChatGPT though is it, when especially when writing copy for social posts, it adds way too many emojis. Yeah, have you noticed that? Yeah, it, it we we have noticed emojis that unnecessarily. And it's actually a kind of a funny way when you're on like Facebook or Instagram to see who's using chat GPT and who's not. They'll just have emojis throughout It'll, it. Emojis just, just inundated with emojis. And huh. again, nothing wrong with that, but it just kind of tells me maybe there's a little bit of lazy there. Like you, you're not taking the time to actually go back and put it in your own voice. You know, right. the, these tools are meant to assist you. They're not meant to replace you. Right. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? If I write a book and I use chat GPT to write the whole book, well, that's not great. But if I write a book and I use chat GPT as my guide, yeah, that's to me, that's completely different. Right. You're, you're saving time, but you're putting it in your own voice. Right. No, that's something that's kind of interesting is that we, uh, we're, we've been uh, hiring people lately and uh, we had this uh, gal come in. She was uh, Ukrainian 
and um, she was applying and, and she had done insurance where she came from. And so we're, we're moving forward. And the thing that was really interesting, though, was that she, she said she was concerned about uh, language because uh, English wasn't her first language. And we're like, OK, no, but that's you seem to communicate really well. It was interesting because then um, we asked uh, we have a, a written section of her interview process and she wrote out this, you know, really great thing. And I was like, wait a second. Oh, right. We need yeah. to be checking to see if this is chat GPT or not. Well, hey, that's just the next got thing. Through, just got through having this conversation with David Carruthers. That's the next thing are tools that are going to be able to check to see if something was written on chat GPT. Right. Like here's the percentage of this this resume that was written on there. But oh, they're already out there and they're free. They? I, I, yeah. I found two back and two different ones, and both of them said yes, hundred percent. This was written with uh, chat GPT. But here's my thing that you know, David was like, Well, who's to say? that the person you're interviewing didn't go to chat GPT to, to have the professional email prior to you being hired yeah. written. And I'm like, well, hell you're going to figure it out week two. Yeah. And you ask them to, I think send an email to an underwriter and it looks like a fourth grader wrote and, it. And David's point too, is there's something to be said for resourcefulness. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, that, that was exactly the conversation both me and my father had when, when, cause I, I, after I thought of it, I checked and I was like, sure enough, this is chat GPT. And then I talked to him about it and I was like, but I was like, but honestly, and he was like, I know he's like, she would have access to the tool anyway, while during work hours, we didn't have to tell her to go find a tool and to find a solve for this. She just went and found it herself. That's, you know, problem solving and creative solutions. And, and it's like, was this, a, and, and the other thing was like, did we tell her to not use chat GPT? No, we did not. Therefore I'm like, I, I don't know. It seems like this was all fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, well, right. And, there, and there's also tools now that have that built into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like G, Gmail has does. stuff built into it. Yeah. I use Superhuman. Superhuman has it built into it. So Shelby, my assistant, uh, one of the little systems that we use um, is she's in my email, and when there's an email that I need to reply to, she hits the Superhuman AI button and then gives it a prompt. Like, hey, please respond to this saying X, Y, Z. Well, it writes it just like ChatGPT would, but here's where it gets cool. The data set that it's basing what it's writing on are all of my past emails that yeah, I've written. It's picking up how you eat. So it, it actually oh, it writes clever. it in my own That's voice. Superhuman. Yeah, superhuman. And so then she just leaves it in the inbox, Matthew, as a draft. And so then I just go in and go boop, 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 and Damn. done. Matt, I appreciate you being on the show today, brother. We got to run. I got to go get something to eat here pretty soon. I, my, my damn, of course, Bradley, and he knows this pisses me off. He starts texting me at seven o'clock in the morning about what I want for lunch. And <laughs> I'm a always, planner. I'm a planner, Matt. And he always, I, I clearly, he always goes Chick-fil-A. So this morning I wrote back, let me see what I wrote. I wrote something like, he said, what do you want for lunch today from Chick-fil-A? And this is what I wrote back. I said, <laughs> anything chicken or something wait no 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 yeah yeah yeah. i said anything with chicken in whatever form you get the chicken in that's how i want it <laughs> and what did i say scattered smothered and covered there you go scattered smothered I mean, there's only like covered. three different ways you can get chicken at chick-fil-a like right i mean it's either grilled or fried but i can mm -hmm. tell you are a military guy because you don't care what you eat as long as you get to eat right yeah it don't matter it yeah. don't matter hey um matthew Yes, Scott. What's next for you? What's next for Matthew? Is there a, is there another great white whale that you want to 
attack on social media or are you going to stay with TikTok? Um, I, I'll do, uh, as far as with social media, I'll stick to wherever I'm getting engagement. Um, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go through phases where I'll experiment on other platforms a bit more, see if, you know, I get some more play. Um, I need to get back to that because I was, uh, I was a little bit more evenly spread. But no, as far as what's next, uh, the big thing is that we're, we're trying to grow the agency. That's our, our big goal for next year. Um, we hired some folks, uh, training some folks, and, uh, and uh, got marketing uh, going uh, a bit more than we have previously. So, because we we're we're looking forward to this hard market ending and being a little, being able to be a little bit more aggressive. And uh, I kind of feel like um, that's the big thing. That's what's next is uh, once all these carriers start flipping over and start actually wanting to take in business, we don't want to be in the position of all right now. Let's figure out our marketing campaign. Oh yeah, let's hire a sales guy. That's why we've we've kind of already started doing this. Which uh, oh that that reminds me, uh, you asked me Scott a question of uh, what what questions would I have for you guys? Please. What's your favorite Hawksoft automation? Because I know. Uh, I, I know there's a, there's a few more that have been coming out lately and, uh, and I, Scott, especially because I think your agency is on Hawksoft, right? Yep. 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 That's what I thought. Um, so we run a lot of our automations. That's a good question. And by the way, I need to check out some of the new automations that have come out. I don't know that I've checked it in the past month or two, but so right now I would say our fa my favorite one we do through uh, adapt API, which I know is, little probably not exactly what you're talking about but adapt api uses robotic automation and we give them all of our carrier logins that do download into hawksoft mm -hmm. and those little robots those little i call them robots little people little people <laughs> those little robotic dwarfs go out into our manage or into our carrier sites at like 6 a.m every single morning and they pick up all of the pieces of data, some of which doesn't download into our Hawksoft system. Mm. And then they go carry them back and put them into our client files, into the policy files under our, our client profiles. And that is, and then at 8, 15 AM, everybody in our agency gets a adapt API report that shows what was picked up and put into Hawksoft that morning. That's pretty it's pretty legit, dude, you know, because yeah. a lot of the information that a carrier that might be in a carrier site is not necessarily downloaded, mm -hmm. you know, e-docs and things like that may not be oh, downloaded. Yeah. And so it's basically taking what's downloaded on Ivan's and now we're kind of putting it on steroids because it's not just getting the minimal stuff. It's getting everything and it's bringing it in and it's putting it putting it into that hot so what's happened what's happening are is the cheap carriers who don't want to pay for the uh, full suite of downloads you're having to bridge that gap preach yeah. by getting mm. or, or maybe they it. maybe they're putting maybe because you know some carriers will download certain things into your management system but then other things don't that's don't what I mean yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's 100 percent the carrier not wanting to pay for it 100 percent because every everything that's downloaded, whether it's mm -hmm. policies, changes, claims, docs, commissions, that's all a separate charge right. to do that. Mm. And a lot of carriers, carriers just like checking the box. Correct. And it's so they're like, and oh, it, we'll just download new business and renewals. And on the Ivan's dashboard, if you ever go look on your Ivan's dashboard mm -hmm. itself, it'll have the carrier out to the left and then it has all the stuff that could download up at the top. Yeah. And you can see through across their dat you know their portion of the dashboard 
and you'll see that like six things do download, but three other things don't download. Yeah. It's really, it's really, you can also, you can also check the box of the thing that is not available and tell them that you want it. it, And I think that's like checking the red box that never goes anywhere. Maybe, but if enough people do that, I know what you mean. Eventually, essentially, what I shouldn't have said that. They take that data and go to the carrier and say, hey, you guys have 508 agents that want commission. And I tell agents all the time, or carriers all the time, if you're not going to download commissions, don't do it. Correct. Just, just don't. That's the to me, commissions is the biggest download piece. Right. Because the the amount of time it takes for us to reconcile commissions for carriers that don't download versus mm-hmm. the ones that do is about an hour. Right. So you multiply that times the number of carriers you have. It yeah, takes a lot it, of time. it's serious. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that we do a lot of uh, automation wise is our uh, daily downloads or uh, daily automations with uh, late pay notices. Mm. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you one that we're doing, Matthew. This is not related to Hawksoft. I'm I'm not on Hawksoft, although I'm a big fan. Uh, if I could start over again, I would start over with Hawksoft. So fair to say we'll move one day. We are testing a tool that I'm keeping under wraps, and it is a proposal generator. So we all know, you know, a lot of a lot of agencies have their proposal, their agency branded proposal that the account manager goes in there and pecks in the the yeah. uh the coverages and all that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm working with this guy. He built an AI tool and he taught it to read deck pages. Ooh. So you don't have to pre-map it. Mm-hmm. He literally taught this AI tool basically any deck page and they're all you know, they're all somewhat similar in terms of the structure of the coverages. So you basically take your deck page, your carrier deck page, you upload it into the system. It then grabs all of the pertinent data and then it takes you to another screen that's a form. Okay, so like think like name, email, right? And it's pre-filled out. So it grabbed all that data, puts it in the form. You can tweak what's not right. And then we hit a button and it generates a proposal. Hawksoft has that already. Does it? So um, in Hawksoft, Matthew, did you know that? That Hawksoft has a commercial insurance yeah, the the proposal maker. Proposal uh, maker, yeah. I, I haven't played with it much. Uh that, that's something that's kind of uh now the one that that Bradley just mentioned may be more, uh, maybe better, maybe. And this was built by a guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying the name of it yet because I don't know that he's ready to sell it, but it's something we're playing around with that's saving us a ton of time. And what's cool is the form that you get where you can tweak it before uh-huh. you get to the proposal. It gets smarter based on how you tweak it. Yeah, right. So the next oh, time you like the, that feedback as well. Yeah, yeah, we uploaded a traveler's deck page. It didn't quite get there, and then the next time we did it, it gets smarter and smarter and smarter. So, yeah. uh, happy to loop anybody in on that tool once I think he's ready. This it's a side project somebody at InsureTech built. Wow. So oh, cool. It, yeah. How about you? What's your favorite one, Matthew? My favorite uh, automation. Uh, tool. Automation. Yeah. Oh yeah, right now um, the one that I'm I'm loving is that we uh, we use Levitate. Yeah, uh, I really like them because they uh, there's uh, we've gone through you know a few different technology vendors uh, for marketing internal and external marketing and all of them you know have a good sales pitch um, but as far as like how well they integrate that's something that's always been a bit of a struggle with Hawksoft but Levitate because they have dual API right. the fact that th- we, this one automation I just think and love because it saved our people a lot of time previously we were having our CSRs go out and proactively ask to review accounts and then as uh, they got responses they keep following up but now what we do with Levitate is it just sends an email 
um, a couple of emails actually on the CSR's behalf from the CSR as saying, hey, we want to review your review your account, make sure everything's up to date. Here is a link in my calendar uh, so that way we can schedule some time. So that way the appointment just process to review every single one of our accounts just happens without our CSRs having to do anything. And then the fact that Levitate annotates the file so that way we have the ENO protection to say, yes, we asked you to review your coverage and you did not even respond to these two emails. It's just something that's been super handy. And so I'm, I'm trying to, this time of year is kind of when we, uh, when I think through those types of system changes, because we got a little bit more time around the holidays. Sure. Absolutely. Brother, we appreciate you being on the show and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and shut this thing down guys. As I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Stop doing TPS reports and go out into the big, bad world. Build relationships with people, whether you do it on TikTok, on social media. You know, I'm so proud of Matthew because I cannot tell you how many people I know that really really need to be on some type of social media network to start just from a branding perspective, getting the people in their community or in the city they live in to know who that agency is. And he's done the damn thing. A lot of people just cannot get over that fear. And like I tell Rand every Thursday, when we meet at six o'clock at the Elks Lodge, I say this, I say, Rand, I'm going to ask you one question, son. And I want you to tell me the answer. What are you willing to give up to be successful? Are you willing to give up all that fear and self-doubt and self-loathing and the, all the people that told you what you couldn't do when you were growing up? Are you willing to give that up to that, go be successful? IPhone. Are you willing to put on your iPhone the right alarm clock so that you wake up on time to go do the job that you were paid to go do, Rand. Are you willing to give that up and buy an Android phone so that you can get to the uh, airport on time and go do what you were paid to do? That's what I ask him every Thursday at 6 o'clock. I didn't realize you guys met at the, the Elk Slide. We do. Okay. <laughs> go write great business for the companies that you represent. Go write great business for the agencies that you re represent. Bradley Flowers, the next time that I go to Dwarf vs. Midget Wrestling. Please call me. And by the way, Matthew, if you ever have a hard time, creativity-wise, if you ever have a hard time, if you're ever sitting at your desk, Matthew, and you think to yourself, God, I don't know what to post on TikTok today. I don't know what will get the juices flowing that will get the algorithm spinning in a way that makes people want to come watch. All you have to do, Matthew, is post Midget versus dwarf wrestling content just just go to scott howell's account off the charts. yeah 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 uh, obviously I, I go i'll go to where the authority is now we love you brother <laughs> guys you are listening to me, the guys. insurance guys podcast and we love each and every one of you thank you so much for being a part of our family and we'll see you back here real soon take care Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. 
Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.